Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast here on AthlonSports.com. Joining me today, my name is Braden Gall. Thanks for listening. Um, Steven Lassen, filling in for, for Mitch Light, of course. Mitch um, still dealing with some health stuff, so shoot him some tweets, shoot him some well wishes at Athlon Mitch. I'd love to hear from you guys, I'm sure. Um, and we've done all the big Power 5 conferences, so... Stephen, a thank you for hanging out with us and filling in, in for me. Thanks for having me. Um, and this is sort of your, this is like your baby here. This is your baby because today we're talking about the group of five. And what we've done so far is gone conference by conference and ranked every job. Now we're not going to go and rank every single job in the group of five. We're not going to do that. But we are going to go conference by conference in the group of five and sort of debate what the best jobs are. Maybe the tiers where the drop off is. Where is it hardest to win? And then maybe compare all of these leagues. Because it's, there's, a very, there's a big imbalance right now in the group of five. It used to be the Mountain West, for example, maybe 15 years ago, was clearly the best non-big-time league, although the Big East was sort of in between. The Mountain West was always kind of viewed as one of the best leagues, not one of the power conferences. So that's totally changed now. Um, so we'll discuss where these jobs sort of stack up against each other, which I find um, to be fascinating. But here's sort of the thesis as to why we're deciding what we do. We've read this on every podcast, so I want to make sure we do it again here. Uh, in case you missed all of our other ones, go back and listen, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we have ranked every program in the country based on the attractiveness of the position from a coaching perspective. We considered many factors, tradition, facilities, location, money, but in the end, we simply asked ourselves the following questions. Where would we want to coach? We know, Stephen, that all of these jobs in the group of five are very difficult. Not as many resources, not as much recruiting base, blah, 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 all that stuff. Power five programs coming in and taking players. Now they're coming and in. And coaches. And coaches, absolutely. Now they're coming in and taking like seniors <laughs> and actually like current players. Um, but what's interesting about the group of five is the coaching has the most impact, I think, because there's such a large degree of differential in the group of five that if you are truly a great coach, you will step in and you will have a greater impact quicker in the group of five than you would in like the SEC where you may have to build recruiting classes or the Big Ten where you have to build recruiting classes. So a great coach has a greater impact on a lower tier. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. I think maybe you see this a lot, show up a lot in the MAC because I know when we did the MAC job rankings, I found myself going right coach and the right quarterback can make a lot of difference right. in a short amount of time. But which job is truly better situated yeah. for success? I mean, we, we I was talking with Mitch about this when we did the MAC jobs, but we were you know debating Central Michigan, Bowling Green, Miami, and so much so much of it is really about finding the right coach and also just kind of capitalizing on you know having the right quarterback. I mean, recently Buffalo with Tyree Jackson, you had right. Northern Illinois with Jordan Lynch. So Buffalo building some facilities, yeah, uh, putting some money into their program. Um, so. Let's start with the American, uh, not only alphabetically, but it's just clearly, it, when I alluded to the Mountain West earlier, we're clearly going to talk about the AAC. When we get to the national conversation about all these leagues together, the AAC, you could argue that six or seven of the best 10 group of five jobs are all in the AAC. Um, and so I think the conversation with Houston, UCF, USF, Cincinnati, probably a tier down to Memphis and East Carolina and Temple. But you could argue that East Carolina is a top 10 group of five job and maybe like the sixth best job in the AAC. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, we've got Houston at number one in the American, and I think a couple factors why. Um, you know, number one, access to talent, state of Texas. You also have the big booster. I mean, they were willing to go out and pay big sure. money for Dana Holgerson. Um, I think Houston is committed to being a 
you know, a big time presence on the group of five level. Same thing for UCF. I mean, access to talent. They have a new stadium, much like Houston. So really not a lot of difference when we did the American between mm. Houston and UCF. And they are, I think, the two best jobs. Two, although the, we'll, we'll get to the best. Job yeah, in the I, I think they're two, cool. two of the best four <clears throat> jobs in, 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 I, in group of five. Let, let me ask. I would put UCF at one. And it's only because of fans. I think the fans are more consistent for UCF. And that generally leads to support both dollars and, and butts and seats. Houston, even when they, when things aren't going well for Houston, the stadium can be pretty empty, as Mitch has said to our audience many times. But as far as access to players go, recruiting base, you're right. The booster could be a big deal. But UCF now, their brand equity has gone up significantly since all of this, this nonsense about the national championship took place. No, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, if, if, if you wanted to tell me that UCF was the best job in the American – I wouldn't. I wouldn't think twice about it. I think. It, I think we're right on track. I mean, these are, you know, two and three among best group of five jobs. You look at, you know, Houston. That that to, to us is the the booster factor was really the reason I think why I went with uh, Houston over UCF and in both both jobs competing for space. I mean, Florida State, Miami, Florida, Houston, Texas, right, Texas right. A&M, and also for Houston. I mean, you got market the, share in the state. Rocket the, the the Rockets and and not to mention the the Texans and Cowboys. So both competing for but still and and, and Houston and and a really good argument strong argument for Houston is you know Heisman Trophy winner and I mean there's a lot of past success multiple Heisman, Heisman a little bit Trophy more tradition winner. there a little bit more tradition there UCF is sort of like just purely Orlando it's just such a it's like a pop-up and it's it's sort of like a mini version of Florida and Miami Florida State which all came around to college football sort of late in the game right I mean college football is big in a lot of places in like in the Big Ten for example before even the 1900s and Florida wasn't really relevant relevant as a state of football until you know the mid '80s. So when when Florida State and Miami and Florida started getting good, so UCF sort of like a mini version of all of that. I, I can see both sides of it. Um, USF, why the difference between? Wh- is there a drop off between UCF and USF? I know USF literally created out of like a portable trailer by Jim Levitt, um, but there's not really a difference in terms of talent pool. I think a very big difference in terms of stadium on campus and maybe fan support. I think that's the key is UCF has has been a little bit more successful recently um, and also fan support and they have the stadium whereas that's true you know South Florida has to go Raymond to James. play in the Buccaneer Stadium so I mean I think both of these programs very capable of being the top group of five program and among the best on an annual basis because they have the access to the to the, the best players in the state of in the state of Florida. What about Cincinnati on this list because I've been to Nippert Stadium, the old Nippert Stadium, when they were a bad program, and there's nobody there. Now they've put money into it. They've renovated it. They've since been able to prove that they can hire good coaches. That's really the thing. The last 20 years, it's been pretty much good coach after good coach after good coach after good coach. I was all, Mitch and I, both very skeptical of Luke Fickle. It has worked so far. So Cincinnati's ability to win, nice place for talent, right? Close to the southeast, even though you're in Ohio. There's a lot to like about Cincinnati. I don't. I think it's a tier down from those top three. I think maybe slightly. I think I would probably put, you know, Houston, UCF, maybe a little bit of a small gap, and then USF, and then Cincinnati. So, not okay. not a lot. I, I do think okay. Cincinnati. I mean, you mentioned it. D'Antonio, Brian Kelly, Butch Jones had success. So, I mean, I think when we did this exercise uh, back in 2014, whenever it was. 
I think Cincinnati is actually the second best job when they it was you know Big East American transition. Right, right, right. But I think they've you know with. So it's almost stepped down because Big East has hurt them. Them leaving the Big East has hurt them because the Big East is not as Big East was a more powerful, more I don't know prestigious league maybe than the American Athletic Conference. Even yeah. though I think I think people in the know look at the AAC coaches look at it as a great place to coach and and grow their resume. Players know that you're going to be on television. It, it, the AAC is no joke. I mean, it, I, I listen. Brand new television deal too. I, I give a hard time to the group of five on our podcast because it's sort of tongue in cheek, and that's Mitch's. It's my way of like giving Mitch a hard time. But like, this is the place to find great personnel at a lot of different positions, whether it's coaching or players, and and or ads for that matter. So, I, I think that it's it's clearly the best group of five league. As much as Mike Oresco wants you to believe that is the power six. It is not because even with that new TV deal, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But it's like seven seven million a per, team per team. It's like up from like I think two was the previous. So huge boost, which is great for the league. Still pales Still in comparison. Way off the other ones to every other league. So it is definitely separating itself from the other groups. However, that brings us to the Mountain West, which is probably the second best group of five league currently as far as best programs. Right. So I, I think the teams that are in this conversation. Um, are Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State, and Colorado State. I think those four, to me, are cut above. I look at the programs like Air Force and Utah State. I like what they've done in t- at times, but I think Colorado State has a longer track record of success. They've got the, the really cool stadium with the brewery and everything. I love all that. San Diego State, Fresno State, hard to argue with talent pool, right, where you're going to get players there. And then Boise State, of course, its track record of success, its brand that it's grown almost accidentally because the blue field was not meant to be what it is. It turned into sort of an iconic thing. I, I could see the argument for all four. I'd probably have Colorado State four. I, I don't know where you fall on that. I think I have Colorado State four and maybe just a small step behind the other three. And I think actually okay. Boise, I think a pretty clear um, number one. Kind of weird to say that a team in Idaho with is, very little not much base. yeah and, and i mean boise state's made a great reputation of being able to go to texas and california and recruit um but you mentioned it the brand boise state you know during college football season the games on friday nights you know boise state's home games and even road games are a big deal uh for for viewership so i've got them one in the mountain west i actually think there's a i think the debate between fresno state and san diego state's pretty close when we did this 2014 whenever we did it i think fresno state was i think maybe a little Clearly, bit above yeah but i think san diego state now that rocky long brady hoke have proven you can win there not to mention the new stadium that's coming yeah. and fresno state's fallen a little bit behind on facilities i, I think I, i'm with you I, I would vote fresno today probably knowing that i would switch that vote to san diego state the minute all that stuff gets finished right like it, the minute the stadium's done and the facilities are upgraded and fresno hasn't done that I agree that they're close enough that San Diego State. In fact, I think with all that new stuff, you could argue San Diego State could be the best job in the Mountain West. Uh, yeah, they're I, not that far behind Boise. I State. I was gonna say livability-wise, San Diego. Oh, give me a break. And yeah. Boise also too, one of the uh, fast-growing. Cities I was gonna too. say Boise sort of underrated. You think of Boise and you think of Idaho and you think middle of nowhere, but Boise has sort of got like a mini Silicon Valley vibe to it. It's growing. There's a million things to do. There's four true seasons. People love living there. So it. It's a very great place to live. It's just not got a lot of players, whereas San Diego State, once they get the brand-new stadium and all that new new stuff, the fancy, shiny toys, they got all the players, and San Diego pretty good place to live too. So you could argue San Diego State's the best 
job in the Mountain West. I think it'll pass Fresno in, in five and, years. And, and be very yeah. close to Boise. Yeah. But that's still to come and probably why they lost their pro football team. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. There's not really – I don't know if there's any other conversation you want to have about the Mountain West in particular. Um, you know, UNLV – Nevada, we could always mention New Mexico as a team that always appears to be a you know via New Mexico appear to always be sleeping giants, but at some point you have to actually win games to get to be a good program and they just never do. Yeah, I think UNLV is interesting because of the Raiders coming into town and they're gonna play yeah, in the new true. stadium. There is, you know, it is Las Vegas. You have some potential there, you know, the city. Yeah. Um, you know, they are upgrading their facilities on campus, but you, I mean, you said it. You know, it's sleeping giant may be a bad term, but they have yet to be able to consistently within the group win. of five. Yeah, sort of tier of expectation. If, right? if if you, I mean, if you handed this to me and you told me there was a team in Las Vegas who was going to play in a first class Raiders stadium, I would say they probably should be going to bowl games consistently. Right. I know they haven't. They don't have the stadium yet, right. but they probably should be winning a little bit more. Yeah, and and again, we only count it as it is today, and we're not sort of projecting what it could be. UNLV probably moves up the national rankings the second it opens up a brand new facility and is located in the Raider Stadium it moves up the national rankings I don't know if it's a better job than Air Force or Utah State I think you could argue that it is though with a new stadium I think maybe so, maybe over Air Force um, right or I don't know maybe Utah State I mean I think gets to not the top a lot, five. there's not a lot at Utah I mean Utah State's not I mean it's been good coaching that's sort of developed Utah State um, all right so let's sort of continue to swing down let's go Mac next um, because I find, as you already mentioned, the Mac feels like, with the exception of maybe an extreme Eastern Michigan, let's throw Eastern Michigan almost out of the equation, even though Chris Creighton has done a pretty good job there. If if you go 1 through 11 in the Mac, it's really not that different. Like, if I put Nick Saban in all 11 of those jobs, I think they would he would go like 9 and 3 at all of them. You know, it's interesting, and I, I thought about this while we're talking I think you know Eastern Michigan has not played for the MAC championship, but Kent State, who we have eleven, has played for the MAC championship and almost won. That was the year that uh, you know Northern Illinois yep. went to the Orange Bowl. Good, good players to play Florida State. So, but I mean, every single one of these teams, Buffalo is sort of the one that's never had the the real winning at all, but they've done it now, right? Because they yeah. had a really good team. They've played twice for the MAC championship. Right now, they're now they're good, and a lot of credit goes to to Lance Leopold, but. Ball State had its run with Nate Davis. You go down the list. I mean, Akron's had its its time, and Bowling Green's had the Urban Meyer era, and you know a lot of good offensive weapons going through there. Miami of Ohio had Big Ben. I mean, Central Michigan won MAC titles under Catch the Lefevre. I mean, there's all kinds. Western Michigan had multiple good coaches, right? So like, it, it's there's a lot of the sameness to the MAC, which is buzz, like it's the recruiting bases are all the same. The recruiting budgets are all about the same. Although I will tell you, there is some gaps in official visit budgetary stuff in the MAC. There are some programs that are way behind. I I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I will say that I think the best job is Northern Illinois because I think they have you know you're not that far from Chicago, you know Illinois um, that area decent talent. You also have pretty good facilities. There's also a track record of winning. Toledo in state, the state of Ohio. You could, good players they also I think Toledo has a nice little tradition going of producing like teams with high-powered offenses we've seen that under uh Toledo Tom Amstutz and Gary Pinkle so uh you know I think Northern Illinois Toledo Ohio Central Michigan Western Michigan Miami of Ohio top six Bowling Green in there there's really not a lot of difference in this league I, I do think maybe there's a little bit of a line after Bowling Green at seven but 
That's fair. You know, this, I mean, again, right coach, right quarterback can make a lot of noise in one season. Yeah, and I, it's hard to argue with Northern Illinois just because you go back over the number of different coaches that have been successful there. And, and, and they had some chunks of time where they were competing with, you know, with Power 5 teams. In, and this is what's funny about the MAC is on any given year, any one of these teams, you see them beating a Big Ten team. You're like, oh, oh, it's that year's turn. That, that team's turn to beat a Big Ten team. Um, I, I'm probably with you on Northern Illinois, but – and I like Ohio as well. They just have had some consistency to their program. A lot of that's because they've got an old guy who's just been there a while. Before but, Frank Solage. But even before Frank. Yeah. Right. So it's hard to really gauge. I see the the draw of Toledo, you know, recruiting bases there. Um, but, again, the, what's the true real difference between Toledo and Miami of Ohio and Kent State? And there's just not a huge difference. I'm with you on Northern Illinois. I'll put them up there. I'll say there is a difference, Kent State, uh, as far as that's, you know, facility, fan support, it's just not there. I think there's true. a little bit more at the top of the league with Toledo, Northern Illinois, Ohio, and the, and the Central Western Michigan teams. And in part, why this is all so similar is that it's basically all in like an eight-hour radius. Like every school yeah. is located in Ohio, Michigan, or Illinois, and they're all like right there. And that's why Ball, like I would, I would guess that programs like Buffalo and Ball State have to spend far more on recruiting to get players to come visit their campuses whereas Akron and Ohio and Toledo and my you know Miami of Ohio Kent State they're all vying for the same players and so that that, right. that individual can get to all those campuses now I know Ohio's a big state but like they can drive they're not driving to Buffalo on a weekend yeah. to go check out Buffalo well, Buffalo's spending more money on getting players to campus than anybody else and also Buffalo too you're you know the Sabres you have the Bills you're, you know, I mean, it, this. I think this job is with some potential being in New York and, you know, being able to the facilities yeah, and stuff. And there's passionate fan base there for football. I don't know how much it's trickling down from the NFL because the Bills Mafia and everything. But, like, again, look at the Buffalo Athletic Department, right? Their program was a six seed in the NCAA tournament this year. I know they got beat by Texas Tech, but that's a good program. Um, the football program is now really surging with, with the coach and the coaching staff there. They're building facilities, investing some money. Um, they probably have to sp again. They probably have to spend a lot more money to get players to campus. When we talked in the Big Ten, we talk about Nebraska trying to get players to campus. Buffalo doesn't have the same luxury as all the other programs. So even more credit to the coaching staff the, for what they do. They're also a relative newcomer to the FBS. You know, they, right? They yes. you know, it was like ninety two thousand ish somewhere in there. So we're going with Northern Illinois one, Toledo two, and Ohio three. A big drop off after that? No, actually, I think Central and Western. I mean, I I know I handed this list to Mitch, and I think his his response was, "This is impossible." Yeah, right, so well. I think the top five are about close. Right. And, and I mean, Miami of Ohio, good tradition in coaches. Bowling Green's hired Babers yeah. and Urban Meyer. So yeah. I mean, I think top seven are all yeah. relatively close. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go Conference USA. Let's go Cusa. Um. And speaking I, of impossible. Yeah. It's also it's just. The, the lineup has changed so much in Conference USA. The teams have gone in and out and in and out over the years. Um, I, I think there are two teams that are at the top of this list that are up for debate in Conference USA. You can argue to add a third if you'd like, but I think Marshall is the best job in this league, even though it joined the FBS, you know, on the heels of like back-to-back -back national titles with like two long-term NFL players and Chad Pennington and Randy Moss. I watched Randy Moss play... Oh, yeah at East Tennessee State. Oh, nice. They, and before they stopped their football program, you know, but then they brought oh, it back. But I watched interesting. Uh, Eric Kresser, former Florida quarterback, <laughs> uh, on a Saturday. So and, and I saw a recent – I was watching a recent documentary on HBO about um, the Miami Dolphins middle linebacker from the undefeated teams 
Um, why am I drawing a total blank on his name now? <laughs> um, oh God, I'm gonna. This is terrible podcasting. Um, but his son, and he was a guy. Uh, Nick Bonacotti is the name, and he he was a he played at Notre Dame, like sawed off middle linebacker, like five like five ten two ten, right? But he's on the middle of the best team ever assembled, the undefeated Dolphins. His son played at East Tennessee State. Uh, and and or was playing at Citadel, and at East Tennessee State is when he got paralyzed, and that led to Nick Bonacotti. This is a total aside here, nothing to do with our podcast, and uh, just uh, it was a fascinating story that the reason that we have this massive charity work on spinal cord injuries is Johnson City, Tennessee, where you watched Randy Moss hey, play. So can I give you a funny story as a as a side note? Here you go. So this is three sunny funny stories in a row. So at East Tennessee State, you know, we got, the, I think my dad got these tickets and we went up there on a Saturday. So we drove up there. You know, of course, this is like when the internet was just kind of getting big and you knew you could search for things. Well, we didn't know anything about the stadium, the area and stuff like right. that. So we go up there and of course it's like November, I think, and it's cold and we're all dressed in up and bundled up. Yeah. They play in a dome. <laughs> Here we are, bundled up, all these layers, look like idiots, and they play in a dome. <laughs> That's it's pretty funny. That is pretty funny, actually. Um, how did Randy play? Uh, oh, I remember, I remember he dominated. Pl- I remember playing with him on the vi- on the EA Sports video game, and just he always had his ankles taped, and he yeah. just was hurtling dudes down the field, winning national titles. So um, I think it's Martin. But long we digress. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> as we just talked about the Miami Dolphins middle linebacker and HBO documentary, the fact that. ETSU plays in a dome. Um, did play in a dome. They played in. A, that's true. Yeah. D- did play in a dome. And I, I think Marshall's the number one job. I think Louisiana Tech is pretty clearly number two. Um, I, but I think there's kind of a gap there between one, two, and three, frankly. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think Louisiana Tech has benefited a lot from expansion going from the WAC to Conference USA. They are much more in their, their geographic area, right. the right fit for them. Marshall fan support tradition, uh, you know, football programming. They want to win, and I think Brand. you know. I mean, it is you know, state of West Virginia does not produce a ton of high end talent, but Pennsylvania they recruit Florida well. They do well with transfers. Ohio, to, East, yeah. you can go into the East Coast and go into Virginia. Absolutely. So I, mean, I think Marshall clearly the best job. Maybe a little bit of a gap. Louisiana Tech, FAU is interesting because you have the stadium that's you know, next to, uh, you know, the water over there. Right, but right. I think there's just not that long-term tradition success like you've seen at Marshall I, so I, far. I would put Southern Miss in this conversation. I, I would have Southern Miss ahead of FAU. I would. I think Southern Miss, That's a. Pr- there's a pretty proud fan base. Um, and when you look at Marshall, I would say there's actually a lot of similarities to the Marshall fan base and the Southern Miss fan base. A lot of success in the 90s and the 2000s. They've recruited some decent players, put some guys in the NFL – I think there's a lot of blue collarness to both of those schools and those fan bases, Hattiesburg, um, and then of course you know with Marshall. So I think I, I think there's some some really close similarities. I think Southern Miss's recruiting base is pretty good, like Louisiana Tech. Yeah, it is pretty good recruiting yeah. base. Uh, Southern Miss has a lot of JUCO talent. I I know FAU's got the recruiting base of Florida. I get that. Same as FIU. I I just think. Uh, the history to me is too much to overcome. I would have Marshall, Southern Miss, and Louisiana Tech as the top three. Don't disagree. I think. I mean, I think also North Texas is a job with potential. Great recruiting base. I mean, yeah. the uh, the Dallas Metroplex area, new stadium too. So, I mean, there's, you know, I think there's a little bit of a gap between North Texas and MTSU, maybe. But I mean, I think after you get 
after you get past Marshall, that next tier of teams is all pretty close. All pretty close. Uh, and then that moves us to the Sun Belt before we start talking about all these teams sort of nationally. But the Sun Belt um, is an interesting interesting one because, I, I, I mean, it's – do you say it's clearly the worst league in major college football? I think it is. I mean, I think From it's – Meaning the toughest place to win? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, when we did this the Sun Belt job rankings, I think the top five are all – pretty solid jobs though i mean you, you know arkansas state detroit to georgia southern i think the bottom half Louisiana. Of the league, yeah i mean the bottom half of the league where you have you know newcomers texas state coastal carolina um, georgia state i think we're still sorting through some of that potential so i think there's a, a gap between those top tier and that bottom tier yeah, in the league that's fair um i i really like the app state job I do too. I just think there's when you are accustomed to success, you know. I think that there's an easier chance to maybe raise money, hire good coaches, recruit players. The brand, of of course, beating Michigan on the Big Ten Network in the first year, the Big Ten is like the Big Ten Network is like one of those things that just rocket ships your program into another tier, and it's probably a big reason why they made the jump up. I like that program a lot. Boone, North Carolina is a great place to live. It's beautiful. Uh, I think Troy is underrated. They've, They've had some good coaches at Troy. Um, Larry Blakeney. I mean, you you look at Troy's track record. They were they just win games. They they have won consistently yeah. at every level. You know, they've been they've they're still a you know a relative newcomer to the FBS level. Right. And they were good at the one double A level and even before that. And also access to good players in the yep. you know state of Alabama, Mississippi, yep. and all that. So well, and Neil Brown did a great job going into Florida, going into and Louisiana. So um i'm I'm with you i could see georgia southern is an interesting one just like georgia state and texas state a lot of potential there but they kind of need to continue to show signs of of growth in life and again you got to make the right hires at those places well can i offer this about georgia southern we had we had an interesting debate when i talked to to mitch there there's a a history and a tradition of wanting to run the option so just that i mean i'm just throwing this out there and kind of spitballing but if you don't run the option, all of a sudden you're slinging it around and you're in that state, yeah, with those amount of players and I'm just I'm curious how that I'm, I'm curious I, if is it is it like Georgia Tech but on a smaller scale essentially I, I, I think my I guess my question is is like when you're evaluating this job and you know that's the tradition there not saying a coach couldn't come along in forty years and and change things but they how, how many different coaches have done that have stuck with the same system. It's a good question. I mean, I mean, I think that's the thing is is I mean, people adapt, I guess. Right, like it's, how if you fire a guy cuz you're not winning and you hire a new guy, I guess you have to choose to hire somebody who runs the option or you choose to hire the best guy for the job. So, I mean, you know, Paul Johnson was was successful there. And then of course, um Are you talking Georgia Tech? I'm ta- I'm talking I'm sorry, Georgia Southern, you know, okay. when you when you I guess I guess does does that have an impact on how uh, in, interesting or how it does for for me for at places like the the academies it affects my opinion of the job because you know one you don't have any scholarship limitations but you 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 can't really run any other system you're you're forced into running those systems at Air Force Army and Navy at Georgia Southern you're not I, I guess my I guess what I would look at it is if Neil Brown this is like go back to 2013 if Neil Brown hmm. was out there and you knew that Georgia Southern has the history of running the option. Would you hire Neil Brown or would you hire a coach that would run the option? I, I think it depends on if I'm Neil Brown, if I'm looking at it from the coach's perspective, 
it's just how like if I'm interested in that job, there's a lot of great access to talent. It's how like are you going to pigeonhole me as an administration into running a system, which seems like a dumb thing to do when you're running a college football program. So when you say they have a history of running the triple option, it's like how committed are you to doing this thing that has gotten you a good distance, but maybe you can go farther if you do it to something different. Again, it's not like the, 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 the academies where like you sort of are forced into running that system because of the, the athlete that you're recruiting. And, and it's just different. I, I don't, I don't think any college program is pigeonholed into running any particular system. If you can find the right guy to win games, you know, I, I think that's an interesting debate though. Um, so I, you, you, we'll go with, we'll, we'll table that because I think we're already too deep in the Georgia Southern history weeds at this point. Yeah. I, I the just swampy I, waters I, of Southern Georgia, because I think it impacted our ranking of Georgia Southern. I think we, okay, you know, when we, when we evaluated it, you know, yeah. we looked at it as saying they, if you're not an option coach, would it be as desirable? You know, if you're a spread you know, air raid assistant or something. I think that's a fair question. All of it depends on the conversation with the administration. If they say, do whatever you want, then it doesn't impact it at all. If they say, you're going to run what we want you to run, I would never want to coach there ever. I mean, it's but it is pass-fail, though. It's not like a, hey, we want you, we sort of want you to run the option, but you can kind of do whatever you want. And then all of a sudden, they're calling you down in the middle of the game saying, why aren't you running the ball? Like, I, that's... That's where I would. It's pass fail. Like sure, if you're an option coach, it elevates the job. If you're not, it it lowers the job. Um, all right, best jobs in America. So we've got Boise State is the best job in the Mountain West, along with Fresno and San Diego State. We've got Houston, UCF, eh, probably a tier above Central South Florida and Cincinnati in the AAC. We've got Northern Illinois in the MAC, um, along with Toledo and Ohio. Uh, and then, of course, um, Conference USA, we got Marshall, Louisiana Tech. I would throw Southern Miss in there. Uh, and then, of course, in the Sun Belt, Arkansas State, Louisiana. How are they all relatively ranked against each other? Well, I think the American teams, and I think you could almost say the top two of the American, UCF, Houston, and Boise, are probably your top three jobs nationally. Um, after that, you know, I don't think there is a significant gap in our national rankings to USF and Cincinnati. So I think those top four in the American, um, probably all top 65 jobs. Boise State probably somewhere in the top you know, 50. W- would Northern Illinois be lumped in with a top tier of group of five jobs? Would anybody in the MAC be, be or Conference USA? Like Marshall and Northern Illinois, are they lumped in to the top tier or are they a second tier down? I think probably... You know, second tier in terms of group of five jobs. I think Northern Illinois is a good stepping stone if you right. want to go somewhere. You know, essentially if you want to go to some power five school, right. it's per, it's been that way. So, I mean, I think, you know, we have Northern Illinois and I think, you know, Marshall will be close in our national rankings. I mean, I think there's probably right. a, you know, it not much separates those two in my but, mind. But there's a big gap, we think, between Boise, Houston, UCF, maybe even Cent- South Florida, Cincinnati. And then maybe you throw San Diego State, especially once they get the stadium built. Like there's a pretty, there's a there's a clear cut top two or three in your mind, and then there's a big drop off to everybody else. And you know, Sunbelt's not even in this conversation, right? As far as their best jobs, I, I think the best Sunbelt job is maybe not even top ten in the AAC, which is crazy. Um, it's probably not even five or top five or six in the Mountain West. So I, I don't know. I mean, Ar- Arkansas State are coaching at Navy. I'd rather coach at Navy. You really? Yeah. I probably would agree with that, but I think it. I, I think, think I'd rather, it, it, yeah, Now ask me about Tulsa. Okay, Nate, I, Nate, I might go. I might go with Arkansas State. I'm a coach who wants to run a wide open passing <laughs> offense. 
Tol- Tolis is pretty. I don't good know. I don't know that I want to go necessarily to Navy, knowing their history. Well, right. That's true. So that's the, that's true. But that's a pretty again. That's, that's sort a, of a unique circumstance. Navy itself, along with Air Force and, and Army, are just unique beasts. If you told me I could go to, I, I don't know, like uh, let's say Arkansas State's the best job in the Sun Belt, which is what we're saying. Would I rather coach there or SMU? It's not even close. I'd rather coach at SMU. I would too. Yeah. Like it's not even, like to me it's being, not even close. Being in the American, right? I think is is an advantage. Um, Colorado State. I'd rather go to Colorado State I, than the best job too. in the Sun Belt. Um, now I think what's interesting is is Marshall, Southern Miss. Like some of those Cusa schools have some upside. I'm not sure where they fall in the hierarchy. I still think you're talking Mountain West and American Athletic Conference dominating the top 10 or 12 programs in the AAC. I think it takes you a while before you get to Northern Illinois or Marshall, you know, or some of these other jobs. I think it's all Mountain West and AAC, mostly AAC. Mostly, yeah. No, no, so. I agree. I think the the AAC jobs are are, are, are stepping. Real quickly, I know we I know we got to run here, and we do appreciate everybody listening. What, and we'll do the entire 130 here coming up uh, uh, in a couple of weeks. What? Who is doing the most with the least? Like, what's the toughest places to win in all of college football? Group of five. Where And this that means probably the toughest places to win in all of college football. The toughest jobs in America. Who is doing – who is finding success? Because I would argue Buffalo is probably one of the toughest jobs in the country to win at. And that Lance Leipold has done a really, really, really good job there. So along those lines, who are the names that fall into that category for you? Chris Creighton at Eastern Michigan. <laughs> uh, Eastern Michigan, I think, was our toughest job when we did this a couple years ago. They might be 129 or 128 this time, but still. A little sneak peek there. A little sneak peek. Very difficult place to win, not far from Michigan. So you're, you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot of fan support, not a right. lot of tradition of winning. He's taken them to two bowl games now, and they've been a lot more relevant in the MAC as far as, you know, trying to compete for winning seasons. I like the Buffalo pick. Um, you know, one one challenge with so many of these jobs is that these teams have changed coaches. You know, just constantly. You know, you. I'm just. I'm just. They all just churn. I'm just scanning like our 110 through 130, and I'm just seeing. You know, uh, you know, Will Healy at Charlotte is. You know, would be in there. So it's kind of hard to you know evaluate some of these. Western Kentucky did is, a really great job at Austin P here. Locally. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that I think that's that's kind of the challenge in evaluating some of these jobs is like Coastal Carolina is new, Georgia State is new. Right. Um, you know. What, why so down on Western Kentucky? If, I mean, that's a that's got some some proud heritage. They've 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 produced some good coaches. Why would Western Kentucky not have been mentioned on this podcast before now? It's a good question. You know, when we did the Conference USA job rankings, they ended up twelfth. Um, I think you could argue that's a little that's low, really low. It feels like, but considering their level of success in the past, I think I think the stadium's the, not bad. They've got the new brick facade and everything. Yeah, I think I think Mitch said that you know fan support not necessarily sure um also when you look at access to talent some of the other programs ahead of them okay. old dominion the state of virginia uh utsa texas know, yeah. uh texas so i mean you look at conference usa uab is seven western kentucky's 12 there's, there's really not, not a, a lot difference. of difference in those jobs yeah, UAB at all. canceled its football program they, also, can't, they can't be better than the program that wins games and produces power five coaches all the time can they that is your uh Defending Conference USA champions, UAB Blazers. Uh, no, hey, I love, I love uh, Coach, new stadium. I too. love Coach Clark. Yeah, and I've, I've actually walked through that. In that, it's not quite an indoor practice facility. It's like a pavilion. Yeah, it's, it's nice for them. It is very it's, nice. It, it they is need very nice much, for them. much needed. And yeah, even just shade in in Birmingham is good. Uh, all right, anything else you'd like to add? Group of five. I think it's. I think that. Was, I think we covered I it. I think that we got um, it there. A lot of Georgia Southern talk. 
As it was, my, it was as good. My, it was it was just a hypothesis I wanted to right, test out. Right. So. As as my I'm uh, workshopping all these things. As my coworker Derek Mason, not the football coach, the former wide receiver, always says Georgia Southern. It's Georgia Southern. I said, okay, okay, Derek. Um, so it, it, good stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Athlon Steven. You can follow him there. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Say hello to Mitch Light on Twitter at Athlon Mitch. Um, do you have anything you'd like people to tweet to Mitch today on the show? Tweet. Uh, whether or not they would take the Georgia Southern job. Ask him whether or not the triple option would factor into the offensive scheme would factor into the decision to take the Georgia Southern job. Or or just like I said before, tweet him an old Mac coach. Tweet him mm. an old... I, know, how about whack? Let's go with the uh, defunct league. One. Just tweet him names of coaches that tweeted... That, 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 excuse me, that, that tweeted. That coached in the, in the whack. Just tweet names. Just tweet June Jones. To Mitch Light. I was actually going to go with the Fred Von Oppen era yes. at Hawaii. Even better. Although I think it's it's interesting that we both, our brains both went to Hawaii. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, Chris Alt. Just tweet That's him Chris Alt. You know, the most famous guys in the league. There, uh, so. John Robinson. There you go. You know, of course, they would. Yeah. There you go. Just tweet random, random whack coaches to Mitch Light. At Athlon Mitch. Thank you, guys. Uh, Steven Lassen, thank you so much, man, for hanging out. Uh, Anytime. We, we Thanks for having me. It. Thanks for listening to the Cover 2 Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, thanks for listening and sticking with us, guys. We do appreciate it.